Hello listeners and welcome to the Montel Weekly Podcast, bringing you energy matters in an informal setting. My name is Richard Sverson. Today we are focusing on Poland and I'm joined by Arek Zileżny, if that's is that's correct, Arek? That's correct. Okay. Arek A warm welcome to you. And uh, I'm also joined by Martin Marcin Czekanski, uh, Montel's Poland correspondent. So a warm welcome to you, Marcin. Thank you. Thank you, Charles. I thought I'd start today, Eric, by, by saying, you know, we're looking at the policy picture. Poland has a new government. Uh, what does this mean for energy? Is this a continuation of what we saw before or is there a change? How do you view this? Thank you for the opportunity. And yeah, it's uh, actually a very interesting uh, question. However, the answer is not uh, very obvious. Uh, mm-hmm. The government was just... Uh, installed we are probably as a as a sector waiting to hear the details of the new arrangement mm. it looks like it will be a new opening mm. uh, the past ministry of energy has been split into two parts a ministry of climate which probably will be going more into the development and uh, energy transition and uh, renewables uh, side And um, the other part of the former Ministry of Energy went to the Ministry of State Assets. Mm-hmm. And here we, we, we still not uh, see clearly which elements of the energy regulation went to which uh, ministry. Looks like that the, that the uh, future is somewhere in between the renewables And the coal mines. Okay, so that's that's the that's the balance, the two factors that are balancing each other each other out here. Exactly. And of course, it's very early days. Uh, the election was only a couple of weeks ago. But one of the key questions here is, as you highlighted, the potential for for a coal exit. Is that likely? And and if so, by when? Um, when would be a realistic end to coal-fired generation in in Poland? It's a very big question, but uh, it's a it's a it's also a very ambitious question mm. uh, because that's uh, something that even though it's uh, economic behind that, that will be answered by the political decision, as it was in Germany. It will be the same one in Poland. Question is, who will take the decision and uh, when? Mm. Currently, we do not know any exact uh, date, but the market forces uh, are showing to me that it should be rather earlier than previously politicians team seems to be uh, declaring. So mm-hmm. for Poland, it's much greater problem than for many other European countries. It's a big social and political topic mm. and it's something that is something that cannot be solved within the few years but uh, definitely we are coming to the to the very important point where where no reverse will be possible right i mean the country has you know 80% of the power generated pollen comes from coal hard coal and lignite if i'm not mistaken But with the current carbon pricing scenario, uh, with the coal prices where they are, are, are some of these plants already unprofitable, these coal plants? So, so potentially if carbon prices could rise even further, it would render some of these, these maybe older units more uneconomic? I think it's already happening. We've seen it uh, in 2018 and also 2019 mm. that the merit order uh, sequence have uh, changed. In the past is where the, the beginning of that, after of course renewables, mm. where the lignite fired power plants uh, and then only uh, hard coal power plants. Mm. And they, they swapped 
Mm-hmm. Yeah? At the moment, with the, with that high CO2, it's already pushing the lignite uh, fire departments into difficult uh, waters. Mm. Of course, for them, it's uh, it's difficult to completely stop their operations because they have the coal mines integrated into the process and mm. uh, they have to keep them running. Mm. But uh, percentage-wise, changes in the in the generation are already showing that uh, lignite fire power plants are in retreat. Okay, sure. Like, as in other parts of Europe as well, just across the border in Germany. But what I was going to ask as well, follow up, is there an issue here of the security supply? I mean, if some of these plants came off too quickly, could that threaten supply in, in Poland? So far, I haven't seen that discussion uh, mm. to be to be taken to the table in Poland. Mm. Uh, for the larger scale power plants, the lignite fuel is here. The, for the coal-fired power plants, the hard coal is also domestic one in majority. So it's uh, it's it's not a security of supply in the sense of missing power generation. It's mm. just uh, the question how big economic threat or in uh, uncompetitiveness uh, it is. Okay. So Poland does need to 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 lower its carbon footprint. You've said there's there's a new ministry for the energy transition and for for climate being set up. Where does this leave gas? I mean, gas plants. Do they? Have, have a role to play in, in Poland's energy mix or is it going to be like you said just coal and renewables I think there is a there is a quite a space in between uh, these two and that's the gas which will occupy the the middle point uh, mm. we see currently that gas is getting more and more popular mm. many industrial customers which are considering what to do if to install PV panels or something else to create them independent from the from the power perspective they are very often looking into the cogen uh, solutions mm-hmm. and this cogen is almost in all the cases based on uh, gas fuel mm-hmm. so co-fi generation some form of biomass or coal with gas yeah. no cogen in mm-hmm. the sense of uh, production of power and heat okay power and heat in that sense so yeah. so the chp kind of uh, exactly the cmp variant okay very interesting so but you also say that maybe with poland's capacity mechanism you could see some gas fire generation being built as a result of their ways of trying to to back up the system sure it's also uh happening the the capacity mechanism was introduced in one way to mm. encourage uh, a new uh, capacity add-ons to the to the system after few larger scale coal mine investments I've uh, seen last year. Mm. Uh, this year, I would say that quite a few new gas-fired units might be auctioned and the auction is uh, in, in a few days, beginning of uh, December. So after the result of the auction, we should we should see some announcements. Okay, so we'll wait eagerly for the results yes. of that auction and then we'll see have some picture of, the, uh, of Poland's future energy mix. Interesting. Thank you, Richard. Uh, so you mentioned there are, there are like uh, two decision centers uh, within the government now uh, regarding the energy policy and the picture is not clear uh, who will take responsibility uh, eventually. So does it reflect like a split in the government between pro-coal part and uh, let's say pro-renewables? I would say it's very difficult to, to, to answer. I wouldn't mm-hmm. take the position into such a discussion. I would rather address it in a way that 
government have to balance out the social demand of uh, the coal mining sector mm. with the uh, political demands of the voters uh, which, uh, which are concerned about the climate change. Mm. Listeners who aren't familiar with, with Poland and, and the setup here, I think you know, coal is a huge part of you know, people's jobs and livelihoods in certain parts, especially in is it Upper Silesia, isn't it? Exactly. Uh, yeah. yeah, south of the country, uh, mm. also, also in the east, uh, in the Lublin region. Poland has uh, set some very ambitious goals uh, for renewables in, by 2040, like 20 gigawatts of photovoltaics compared to 1 gigawatt now, and also uh, more than 10 gigawatts of offshore wind. So do you think we can achieve it? I'm, I'm referring to photovoltaics mainly because it's, uh, it seems like uh, an enormous growth from uh, what we have now. I would say it, it looks from today's perspective as very aggressive. However, at the same time, it has to be noted that the first year of uh, real development of the solar in Poland mm. brought probably roughly around 1000 megawatt installed capacity. Mm. So if you multiply it by 10 years, kind of doesn't make that, uh, that prediction, that target so impossible. Mm. Huh? Mm. So I would say very ambitious. Hopefully we get there. Mm looks like there might be chances to get there but if we reach 90% or 80% of that it would be always also a big success mm. i mean that's a phenomenal number in a sense do you think does this come mainly from utility scale farms or from households or combination of both i mean how, where was the biggest growth area probably the the, the 20 gigawatt uh, that needs to be installed would have to come from the industrial scale uh, or commercial mm. installations. 2019 uh, capacities that were added, mm. uh, surprisingly, they are coming in vast majority from the small installation, household, small business uh, installations and so on. Mm. So this is, uh, this is very intriguing mm. how the bottom-up uh, mm -hmm. movement is, uh, is uh, creating the, the energy transition in that field. That's very interesting. I mean, you've seen it happen in other countries, for example, in Germany especially, but others besides. But how are the big utilities in Poland dealing with this change? I mean, do they see it as a threat? As in, you know, it could threaten some of the bottom line, uh, certainly some of the retailers, because if, you know, it'd be falling demand for their products. Or do they see it as an opportunity and a growth area to develop their renewables portfolio? I see a very positive change in that respect. Mm. Uh, if we would look a few years ago, quite a lot of utilities would treat it as a threat. Probably a year ago, maybe this year, mm. uh, there was a fundamental change in the, in the perception and in the, in the way they communicate their plans into into the energy transition mm. and more and more of them are very optimistically looking into renewable uh, generations, look mm. into power on purchase of uh, wind energy portfolio, plants of PGE on the offshore mm. and also probably all of the utilities, they are having some larger scale projects on solar somewhere mm. in the development pipeline. So from that point of view, I see it as a very positive change. 
Absolutely. I mean, in some ways, you could also almost say that they're, they're being forced to make that change because of the environment around them. Couldn't you? I mean... But I prefer if they, if they, if they are yeah. being forced by the environment around them, not by the political decision. Absolutely. And, 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 and the market forces that are, that are driving that change. What about offshore wind? Is this a growth area as well? I mean, you've mentioned uh, some companies are expanding domestic uh, firms within Poland. Do you see a role here for, for outside investors from outside the country? There will be a role for outside uh, investors. Mm. I would say at the moment, I don't think so any Polish company declared to develop offshore installation without participation of any mm. uh, more experienced uh, partner. It's, mm. uh, it's Equinor who is uh, in Poland, the Orsted is in Poland, recently RWE announced mm. p- purchase of the portfolio of the one mm. offshore uh, project. So I think this will be probably the, the, the biggest role for the mm. foreign investors in the Polish uh, power uh, industry. At the moment, and they have a lot of expertise. Of course, they're building projects all over exactly. Northern Europe. Are there any hurdles or obstacles re- restricting uh, renewables growth in Poland? I mean, there is this rule for onshore onshore wind, which which is also holding back growth, maybe. Yes, exactly. I would say for the offshore, it looks like that the regulations are being prepared, and I would say the biggest uh, obstacle is uh, lack of regulations, but. Hope uh, it will be changing soon mm. for the uh, solar. I do not see that many of problems, uh, but for the onshore wind, definitely the distance uh, regulation mm. uh, that uh, prohibits to build uh, new o- onshore wind installation uh, closer than ten times height of the installation mm. is uh, is making it very very difficult or almost impossible mm. to find new projects mm. and. Hopefully, what uh, some gossips are are saying, uh, the regulation will not be abolished, but will be probably relaxed a bit, Mm. which can add a few additional projects to the wind onshore capacity. Mm. We see that power prices in Poland uh, are about 10 to 15 euros higher than in in, in certainly uh, in Germany. Um, do Do you expect this spread to continue? I mean, there is talk of once Germany exits nuclear plants, you know, there would be a little bit of capacity squeeze there and it starts to exit coal. Do you see then maybe German prices coming up or Polish falling or, you know, what, what are your views here, Eric? In principle, considering the status quo on the emissions market, because this is the, this is the key for the future prices mm-hmm. currently, I would say that the Polish prices have a potential to go down. Mm-hmm. Uh, with the new additions of renewable capacities, probably unsustainable in the long term, coal costs, uh, uh, and also relatively high clean dark spread at the moment. So there is there is a room to to go down. The German prices, on the contrary, what we see recently are under pressure to grow. Mm. There was a longer period of time where German prices, the German curve mm. was backwardation. The, the price of every second uh, following year was cheaper than, uh, than the current one. Mm. This, uh, this has gone already. Mm. We see that it inverted and, uh, and we have uh, typical contango in, in Germany. So from my point of view, the, the prices will, will rather converge and uh, it will be for both of them 
moving towards each other. It'll be interesting to see that develop how it pans out in the next in the, the next few years. We see more import capacity available for the market uh, in Poland so this year. How do you see this change the market? Is this had any uh, substantial impact on spot prices or still to a few megawatts to see any substantial change? I think after many years where there was very limited or almost no capacity given by the TSO to the market. The increase that we observed recently is very welcomed by the market participants. Mm. Also, the XBIT implementation, which uh, linked Poland to European markets with the use of cross-border capacities, mm. had um, this brilliantly... Is the in, this is the intraday, intraday market, exactly. Poland, yeah, the cross-border yeah. intraday it market. Yeah. Has, has substantially increased the liquidity on the intraday market in Poland. Mm. So these are all the good developments that, that we see. It would be also interesting to see if uh, either TSOs or some market participants are able to generate some long-term capacity arrangement for the import or export based on the cross-border capacity. Mm. Mm. Some, I don't know, or other physical rights or financial rights uh, this would be this would be very interesting development, and also uh, the cross-border activity brings a bit of uh, volatility and uh, you know, new approach mm. to to the Polish market, which uh, recently is not very I would say not very liquid and not very uh, rich in terms of number of participants. Mm-hmm. So this would maybe, one would hope, boost the amount of participants, then boost liquidity further, a sort of virtuous circle. Exactly. Yeah. So uh, we've been touching mainly, uh, Arek, on, on, on power, but there's, there's, there's an interesting, I mean, the gas market, I, I wish we had more time to talk about gas market issues, but just leave it with one question, really. The gas, Polish gas monopoly, uh, PGNIG, uh, recently cancelled or didn't prolong its um, extend a 10-year deal with, with, with gas for, for gas through the Yamal pipeline. What's the implication of this view and will the gas from the Yamal be made available to, to market participants uh, it, within Poland? I would say I'm grateful that I'm not the one that has to has to decide on that. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Um, on one hand, uh, the relations uh, between Poland and uh, Gazprom and gas market development in Poland mm. are quite uh, complicated mm-hmm. and uh, difficult. Mm. But on the other hand, uh, I would say it would be a shame probably if uh, the additional supplier of the mm. gas or additional supply or way of supplying the gas to the Polish market mm. would not be given to market participants in the future. Mm. So I think, and this is how I read declarations of, of uh, Pegning and Polish uh, authorities, mm. that they do not want to prolong mm. the contract, but they are not excluding contracting or off-taking the gas on the mm. different frameworks than the long-term uh, deal. I noticed maybe some of the listeners also uh, discovered that I didn't actually say what your role was or what your position is, but you are you are managing director of Laconia Investments, are you not? And uh, and you have been active in the Polish market for for many many years. So you're you're a veteran of this market. So so Arik, uh, thank you very much for joining the Monto podcast this week. Thank you, and thank you, Martin, for for joining as well. Oh.
Barcelona. That's about all we've got time for this week, listeners. Please remember to follow all the latest news on Montel Online. And uh, you can follow us on social media, Twitter, LinkedIn, and subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts and on Spotify. Thank you very much and goodbye. Thank you. Thank you.